Welcome to the Agency Profit Podcast, a show dedicated to going deep space on agency operations, which is just as nerdy as it sounds. I'm your host, Marcel Petipoff. I'm the CEO of Parakeeto, a firm that helps digital and creative agencies measure and improve their profitability. Join me as I interview some of the smartest thought leaders and agency owners in our space and go deep into operations and metrics and all the other things you need to get right so you can spend less time worrying about operations and more time executing on your vision. Hey, what's up? Welcome back to the Agency Profit Podcast. It's Marcel here, your host, and we've got another special episode today because it's just going to be me flying solo. And what we're going to do today is dive deep into another hot topic, rates, everything you need to know about rates, all the different kinds of rates that you might be hearing people talk about, and really learn how to differentiate between those types of rates, understand what your rates should be, and how to benchmark those really against the things that matter, which is your cost structure, and make sure that whatever your rates are and whatever your pricing model is, even if you don't bill by the hour, if you're using rates in some way to inform pricing, that you're setting yourself up for success when you do that. So all of that and more, we're going to dive in here and break down everything you need to know about rates. First and foremost, I want to talk a little bit about the history and the evolution of rates in agencies and really professional services more broadly. If you go back to you know the beginning of the professional services industries, right up until about, I'm going to say 2009, 2010, the predominant way of billing was time and materials. That was how the advertising industry worked for a long time. That was the predominant way I should say that it worked. There were certainly people experimenting with other billing models back then, but it was much less common. And this is still the way if you work with an accountant or a lawyer or you've worked with a big consulting firm, most of that industry still operates in this way. That's really where this whole obsession with rates and agencies comes from is a world where what you did was just build for time. And so your rate was like your most important thing in the agency was all about keeping your rate high and keeping utilization as high as possible. Now, what's evolved over time is that agencies, especially as they become more specialized, as the things have become more competitive, And as the business model has gotten more sophisticated, we've gotten more into productized services, offerings that are focused on specific problems. We've evolved to pricing models that allow us to take on more risk. So there's more downside, but we can capitalize on upside. And when you get into a methodology for doing work that's repeatable, or you get into scopes of work that are very well defined and protect you as an agency, there could be a lot of benefit, of course, to moving to flat rate pricing, whether that be on a project or on a retained basis, moving into value-based pricing, abstracted time materials kind of models or point-based systems. There's lots of different variations on this, but essentially our industry has shifted largely away from time materials. And now it's one of the least common billing models that I see. Most firms, I would say, still have some element of time materials, but predominantly they're doing flat rates, whether that be on a project basis or retainers. That's the most common uh, pricing model that I see. And so rates are a little confusing in that context because the old simple way of doing things, which is this is my rate, I bill it to the client, that's gone away. And now you have all these different variations on rates that you hear getting talked about and how you should be thinking about those is going to change based on the billing model that you have. And for most agencies that I speak to, there's often two or sometimes three, four different billing models inside their firm, even when they're not that big. They've got 20, 30 people on their team and they've got four different pricing models. So I want to dig into what are the different types of rates and how do they apply to you depending on your situation as an agency. But 
really it's important to understand that we've evolved away from billable rates largely. And so we need to understand these variations. And really importantly, we need to understand the difference between what you target, what you bill, if you happen to bill on time, and what your effective or average billable rate is at the end of the day. And that last one, the average billable rate, is the most important one because it applies to everyone listening to this show. If you sell anything that requires skilled labor, no matter what your billing model is, you have an average billable rate or an effective rate, and you should know what it is. It is one of the most cost-effective ways to get really great insight into your agency and start to really understand how performance is changing over time and how it compares across different areas of the business. So listen up, we're going to dig into this. So number one, what is a billable rate? What is a rate? And really, there's three different types of rates that we want to pay attention to. The first is your target rate. And so if you bill by the hour, you're usually going to have a rate card of some kind. This could be a blended rate for the whole agency, or you might get more granular than that. You might do blended rates for different departments. You might do it by role. You might do it by discipline, or you might go all the way down to rates for individual contributors on the team. The other place where I see these rate cards or concepts of target rates being applied is in agencies that bill on flat fees, but they still use a time multiplied by rate methodology to arrive at their pricing. There's a whole separate podcast episode on why I don't love that methodology of arriving at pricing, but I can tell you that it's very common. So every single week I'm speaking to probably a half a dozen firms on consultation calls. This is a question I ask every single one is what pricing models do you use and how do you arrive at a price? Most of the firms I talk to, it's flat rate billing. And the way they arrive at that is they say, we try to figure out how much time it's going to take, add some contingency, and then we'll multiply that by a rate, a blended rate, a rate card, whatever that looks like for them. There's varying levels of precision. That's generally how they're getting in the ballpark for what they should charge a client. If you're in one of these camps and you have a target rate card, we're going to go into much more detail on how you can determine what the right rate is for you. But the important thing to remember here is it all comes down to margin. If your rate is not setting you up for good margin, it doesn't matter what it looks like relative to the industry, what it looks like relative to your competitors, if it's higher, if it's lower, if it's not setting you up for the right margin, it's setting you up for failure. So that's what we need to address. And you should be aiming for delivery margin, or you might call it gross margin or contribution margin of 70% or more, ideally, on whatever the rates that you're setting are. And that's based on your average cost per hour. We'll get into more detail on exactly how to cover that later in the episode. But that's the benchmark. Margin at the end of the day is the biggest thing that you really need to pay attention to when you're setting pricing. And I think we tend to overcomplicate this. So hopefully we'll really simplify it for you. So number one, target rates. That's the first kind of rate you might hear about. The second is a billable rate. And this should be the same as your target rate, but often it's not going to be because one of two things. Number one, you might over or under bill the client, right? So in some cases, you're going to get negotiated down, or you might decide that you're going to charge a higher rate to a client than what your target rate is. So you might see some variation there between what you end up billing a client if you bill by the hour, or if you measure your billable rate, even if you're not billing by the hour, and what your target is. The other reason that your billable rate might be different than your target rate is because you might end up eating hours. And so that's where you might have a difference, where you might screw something up or decide you want to do some spec work for the client or whatever, and you log additional time, you spend additional time, And what you end up billing the client becomes different than what was actually required to get the work done. And when we're setting target rates, that should always be based on what the target average billable rate is or effective rate. So that gets us into the last rate that you want to measure. So the first one is your target rate. The second one is your billable rate. The third 
and most important one is average billable rate. So this doesn't care about your billing model. If you bill on value, you bill by time, you do flat rates, you do retainers, you do project work, whatever. You do sprint-based. All this cares about is what is the amount of revenue, AGI specifically, agency gross income. So that's revenue minus any pass-through expenses that we collected and how much time did we invest to earn that revenue. And this is an incredible metric because it's so simple and it levels the playing field across all pricing models, all time periods. It doesn't care about any of the variables. It allows you to compare anything in the business across any time period. So you could take 10 projects and compare them and say, what was the average billable rate? And start to understand, oh, these ones have higher or lower average billable rates and start to get an understanding of where you need to focus, maybe what you should be selling more or less of. You can look at this across any time period, any combination of those things. You can measure as long as you can isolate what do we get paid and how much time was required to earn it. And the really important thing here, again, is the difference between billable hours and delivery hours. So I'll give you an example. We might have a project that we charge $15,000 for and we build the client for 100 hours. So our billable rate in this case was 150. But let's say it actually took us an extra 25 hours to complete this for the client because we messed something up. We made a mistake and we had to go back and correct it and we didn't bill the client for that time. In that case, our average billable rate was $15,000 divided by 125 hours. Therefore, our average billable rate was $120 per hour. So it was lower because we spent 125 hours to do the work, even though we only billed the client for 100. This is a really important distinction. And again, we don't care about anything other than what amount of money did we collect and what was required to earn it. And it's a really powerful way to start comparing things in the business and getting measurement and getting some truth about the efficiency of your team at earning revenue. And the same distinction is also important in utilization. We're going to do a separate episode on utilization, but this is super key. I've seen agencies, again, not adequately separate billable versus delivery time. And then they're saying things to me. My team says that they're really slammed, but when I look at their billable utilization, they don't seem that busy and our revenue is not where it needs to be. So I don't know what's going on. And when we double click on that, often what we find is actually your team is really slammed, but there's a difference between billable and delivery time. And unfortunately, a lot of the time that they're spending isn't being billed to the client. And often there's a very legitimate reason for that. Yeah, those things are really important to separate and they can have a huge impact on your bottom line. Do you want some free resources to help you measure and improve your profitability? If you do, then I want to tell you about our agency profitability toolkit, which you can grab absolutely free in the show notes or by heading to parakeeto.com forward slash toolkit. It's packed with training videos, cheat sheets, templates, and all kinds of other great resources to help you start measuring and improving the essential metrics that are going to drive better profitability in your business. And it's helped thousands of other agencies around the world do the same. So I want to encourage you to go and grab a copy of that. And if you'd rather get in the fast lane and just have our team of experts guide you through the process of measuring and improving your profitability, then I want to encourage you to apply for a consultation at parakeeto.com. And with that, I want to thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the episode and I'll let you get back to it. So now that we've talked about the different kinds of rates, the target rates, the billable rates, and the average billable rates, what do you do to set those rates? How should you determine what the right rate is for you. And then we'll talk about how to improve your rates, in particular, improve your average billable rate. So how do you determine what your average billable rate should be or what your target rate should be when you're pricing things up? So really, it all comes down to margin. The formula for delivery margin, very simply, is agency gross income minus delivery costs divided by agency gross income. 
okay? Where agency gross income is revenue minus any pass-through expenses that you might incur on a project. So that would be things like advertising spend, print budgets, money that's flowing through you onto external vendors for which you're not responsible for the profitability of. So anytime that you're setting a price, ultimately you want to focus on delivery margin. This is the most important thing. It doesn't matter. I want to repeat this. It does not matter what your rate is if you don't have good delivery margin. If you don't have good delivery margin, you are setting yourself up for failure. Whether you're charging $1,000 an hour or you're charging $10 an hour without good delivery margin, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. So what should you be targeting for delivery margin and why should you be targeting that? So the target is whether you're charging a flat rate, you're charging by the hour, you're setting rates that are going to ladder up to a flat rate. When you look at your agency gross income and you figure out what your delivery costs are going to be on a project, your target is to arrive at a 70% or higher delivery margin. If you do that, you should be in a great position to be profitable. Now, why is that? The reason for that is generally we're going to have a drop off of anywhere from 10 to 20% to the P&L. And the reason for that is there's going to be gaps in utilization. You're going to have time off. You're going to have sick days. You're going to have holidays, right? So there's not 100% of your team's time is going to be allocated to delivery and it's not all going to be utilized. So there's a way that you can calculate this drop-off rate. Again, that's a separate uh, podcast episode. It's not a straightforward uh, calculation. You need a little bit of data for that. But what I can tell you is that Almost every agency we see falls within this range, 10 to 20%. If you want to be conservative, I would set your drop-off rate that you're modeling for this at 20%. So that's going to put you at 50%, let's say, on the profit and loss statement. You're going to lose 20% on the P&L. And then you're going to usually spend on overhead another 20 to 30% of your agency gross income. And that should leave you with 20 to 30% profit as a bottom line. So For the project managers that are listening to this that are like, I need to know my overhead and factor that in when I'm pricing things and factor that into my rates. Yeah, that's true, but it would be a mistake to try and figure out what your net profit is on a per hour basis. It's really precise, but super inaccurate way to do things. It's a lot more work, frankly, for no upside when what you should know is that this is really what it's going to come down to most of the time. And you could just measure this on the P&L if you want to get a precise measurement on what this average is out to. There's no sense in trying to make this really, really, really precise. Just focus on delivery margin, focus on setting your target to factor overhead in, and then all of this gets way easier and it's way easier when you're pricing. So this is why we want to target a 70% delivery margin on a per project basis. And for context, the way that we calculate this for a rate is we look at our average cost per hour for delivery cost and agency gross income is going to be, if we're breaking this down to a time unit, the average global rate that we expect per hour. So what this looks like is first, so the first step is determined average cost per hour, ACPH, okay? Again, we want to make this as simple as possible. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a person or a team, any group of people, this average cost per hour metric, it really scales to any subsection of the business. And we're going to basically take payroll and benefits, and we're going to divide that by total capacity. So just to give you a really simple example here, if I have somebody that gets paid $150,000 per year, after benefits and everything are factored in and they work 2,080 hours, their average cost per hour is $150,000 divided by 2,080 hours is equal to $72.11. Now I know what, again, the project managers listening to this, you're thinking, but Marcel, their utilization is not going to be consistent. They don't work 2,080 hours a year. We give them vacation and holidays and pay time off and they're going to spend time on admin stuff. So their average cost per hour is not $72 an hour. It's a lot higher than that. And you're right, 
We've already factored that in though, remember? We factored it into delivery margin. Why do we do that? For a couple of reasons. Number one, if we had to adjust our average cost per hour for all those variables, it would be different constantly. It would be changing all the time. The operational cost of measuring this in a precise way and factoring that in would be astronomical. And then we would not be able to compare time periods across each other because those variables would be fluctuating all over the place. And frankly, utilization rates should not influence the project costs in the same way that overhead should not influence the project costs because they're not related to that project. They're an externality as it relates to that project. So when we're thinking about setting margins and measuring these things, we want to be consistent and use this metric. It just also happens to be a lot simpler. So that's why we want to base it on gross capacity. It really simplifies things. And again, as long as we factor that into our delivery margin target, because this is where we factor that in, then we're good. We've already considered it. We've just chosen where to place that complexity in a way that reduces operational drag. So that's the first step is determine your average cost per hour. Then step two is look for 70% margin. And so the formula for this is going to be our average cost per hour divided by one minus our margin target. So in this case, if we have a $72 per hour cost, the way that we're going to get to our margin is we're going to say, okay, it's $72 divided by one minus 70%. Or in simple terms, it's 72 divided by 0.3, which gives us $240 per hour. What this means is if we have a person or a group of people in our team that have an average fully loaded compensation of 150K per year, that means their average cost per hour is $72 per hour, roughly. We need to charge at least $240 per hour in order to have healthy enough margins to be in striking distance to be a very profitable agency. Or we need to have the revenue earning efficiency to achieve that average billable rate. So even if we're not billing by the hour, we're billing on flat rates, the amount of time it takes us should net us out to an effective rate of $240 per hour on average. Okay, so this is how we would set that sort of minimum target. There's another hack though, if you want the easy way, which is multiply your average cost per hour by three and then round up. So in this case, if we have $72 per hour multiplied by three, that gets us to $216 per hour. And if we rounded that up, let's say to uh, 225, that gets us into a similar ballpark. So it's not going to be quite a 70% margin, but multiplying by three will get you to about 66%. So that's another kind of simple framework to get you again within striking distance, but we really want to be in that 70% range. So whether you're billing by the hour, you're billing on flat rates, but you're using these kinds of rates to help you get there, This is what you want to focus on to make sure that your rates are appropriate. And this is where we get into the risks of rates and the the risk of billable rates for that matter as well, or target rates is that they can go stale because our costs might change. We might give our team raises. We might change the composition of our team. We might change the composition of who works on things. And if that stuff is getting more expensive, but we're not adjusting our rates, then our margins are eroding. And like I said earlier, if we don't have good margins it doesn't matter what our rates are. And so if you're going to use rates as a basis for your pricing, you want to make sure that you are capturing material changes that are occurring to your team composition and team compensation and reviewing your rates to make sure that they're still setting you up for appropriate margins. So just be really weary of that. The other thing is that they can be really misleading and they can also lead you down the wrong path as it relates to pricing. There are a lot of agencies that I've spoken to that while they might consider margin in their rate, Most of them don't, though. When I asked most of them how they came up with those rates, they just said, we looked at what our competitors were doing. We picked that or I left an agency. That's what they were billing. So that's why I started billing when I started mine. 
and they haven't considered margin, but let's assume that you are considering margin in your rates, the next thing that you have to pay attention to is pass-through. Because while you might be marking that pass-through up, you might not be thinking about how much time is it actually taking us to manage that. And is that still netting out to the right margin when we think about what the agency gross income is and how much time it's going to take us to earn that? And again, that's a really important difference between the billable rate. This is why I don't love using rates as the only way to triangulate a price. You still have to consider how that rate is going to be influenced by changes in price that have to do with pass-through and markup. The other thing that I've seen this do is when we are tying our price to rates, especially if we're giving this to the team, you start to see this kind of magic scope reduction to fit into a budget. And again, this is why I like to separate price and scope and just think about margin when we're pricing. And what I mean by this is you give a client a price and that price is based on hours times rate. And the client says, uh, that's too much. My budget is lower than that by $10,000. So what the team should do in that instance is either adjust the scope and lower the price or lower the price and keep the scope the same, which is just discounting, which is fine. Sometimes that's what you got to do. You got to discount the project. There's no problem with that. But what instead I see a lot of teams do, especially when, again, the rate card is being given to them as a tool to come up with pricing, is they don't change the scope. They agree to the same scope with the client, but then they go back into the estimate or whatever they're using to come up with the price, and they start lowering the number of hours that they think it's going to take. They pretend that the scope has gotten smaller, or they just apply a more optimistic lens in order to get within the client's budget. And when you think about that, all that's doing is lying to the team and setting a bad set of expectations, because what you've actually done there is you've just lowered the price and you've lowered your average billable rate. And again, there's not necessarily a problem with that, but when you get to the end of the project, everyone's going to be pissed off because they're going to think, man, we blew the budget. We went way over. This project was a disaster. But that was the intention at the start of the project. It's just that somebody lied to themselves when they're setting up the estimate. And it's because when we base prices on rates, especially billable rates, it can create that kind of tension and it can create bad habits in pricing and scoping. So this is why I don't love it as a methodology. But again, if you're going to do it, the very least, make sure your rates are based on margin and not just what everybody else is doing. Now, the next thing I want to talk about here is how to improve your average billable rate. And there are three ways to do that. The first is to increase the price of what you do without relatively increasing the scope. And so if you're billing by the hour, that would mean, of course, increasing your hourly rate. But for most agencies that are not billing by the hour, what that essentially means is you charge a higher rate for the same scope of work, ideally, and that is going to increase your average billable rate. So of course, if you charge 12 grand for the thing that you used to charge 10 grand for, but you haven't changed how much time it takes, you'll make more money. That's really obvious. The other side of that, though, that we're not thinking about enough is you become more efficient. And so if you were charging $10,000 for something that used to take you 100 hours and you figure out how to do it in 50, well, you've just doubled your average billable rate for that service. And you've also doubled the number of those things that your team can do in the same period of time. So you've doubled the revenue capacity. So that's the other thing you got to consider is can we lower the scope without changing the price or get more efficient at delivering that same scope without changing the price? Now, if for some reason you are constrained and you're not able to either increase the price or lower the amount of time that it takes to do something to increase your rate, again, when we come back to the important thing here is margin. How do you achieve the margin? The other variable is you lower your delivery costs. So that means trying to lower the average cost per hour that you incur for really anything, a given client, a given project, a given type of work, a given team. And generally the way that you do that is you try to increase really the clarity of process, defining the guidelines, the SOPs, et cetera, for doing work. 
so that you can decrease the level of judgment required to fulfill that service. And generally, that's going to correlate to being able to hire less expensive staff to fulfill that service. And by doing that, you can generally lower the average cost per hour. And the lower the average cost per hour is, the lower the average billable rate needs to be in order to achieve that margin. So you can close that gap. If you're seeing right now, hey, my rates are not allowing me to get the right margin. There's two ways, again, to close that gap. You can raise that rate either by pricing increases or efficiency gains, and or you can try to lower your average cost per hour so the rate you have now ends up actually getting you the right margin at the end of the day. So last thing, a couple of tips on how to monitor and adjust your rate. So first and foremost, again, if you're going to measure your rates, there's three different separations that you should keep in mind. The first is what are you targeting? The second is what is your billable rate? If you happen to have a billing model that requires that. And the third is what is your average billable rate, or you might call it the effective rate across all of your services, regardless of how you bill for them, based on the amount of time it takes you to earn a certain amount of revenue. In order to track those things, you're going to need some information about time. And that's where time tracking data is going to become really important. Now, you don't need to use timesheets for that. You can use a resource plan if your business is structured in such a way that can be a materially accurate source of data. Even if you have a target rate, you won't know your billable rate unless you track time and you certainly won't know your average billable rate. So you got to have some time tracking information. And again, measuring average billable rate is really simple. You just got to know your agency gross income for a given client. And usually once you've signed the contract, you can predict what that's going to look like and then measure how much time it's going to take you. And you'll know at the start of a project generally what you expect it to take. So you have a sense of what you're expecting that average billable rate to be. And then you can measure what it actually was and start to get a lot of really good insight from that. And if that's something that you're struggling to figure out how to do, by the way, this is exactly what we do at Parakeeto. We help agencies measure exactly these metrics. The last thing I want to mention here is that how you price and scope is going to be really important. So every time that you generate an estimate for a project, you should know what the average billable rate is going to look like, and you should know what the expected delivery margin is going to be. And we have some tools that can help with that too. But this is really important because you want to, of course, be able to measure what was the expectation. And we see this all the time with clients that start measuring average billable rate, but they're not actually measuring it when they create the estimate. And so now they're having conversations at the end of a project about did it go good or did it go bad? And you can't really answer that question without knowing what did you set yourself up for at the start? And so you might not realize it, but actually when you sold the project, you were already planning to be below your target because you weren't thinking about that, weren't paying attention to that when you priced it. Those are some uh, quick tips and tools. Definitely make sure that you're tracking your time and that you have an estimation workflow that, again, regardless of your billing model, gives you clarity on what your agency gross income looks like for a project, what your estimated cost is going to be, and what your planned average billable rate is going to be. And if you bill by the hour, just make sure, again, that your billable rates are based on margin. So in conclusion, rates can be confusing. Everybody likes to talk about them. And the important benchmark, the important thing to consider is the delivery margin or gross margin that you achieve on your rate. What I can tell you is that through our audits, we're seeing an average in the industry, in the U.S. at least, of somewhere in the 160, 165 for a target rate. Average billable rates, however, are all over the map. We've seen some as high as the 400s. We've seen some as low as $10, $20 an hour. And guess what? We've seen agencies still not making money with two, three, $400 average billable rates and being hyper profitable at $30, $40 hour billable rates. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's because it's so much more nuanced than that. The rate is only one of the three key variables that influence profitability. And again, the only thing that matters is what your margin is on that rate. So you've got to take into account the cost basis that you incur on that rate. So I, I really don't think benchmarking against other firms is that useful outside of maybe pricing competition. 
But for the performance of your business, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is what is your average billable rate after it's all said and done and what's your margin on that. And I really encourage you, if you're going to start measuring any of these metrics, focus on average billable rate. It's by far the most important, most useful one. And all it requires you to know is what was your agency gross income for a given piece of work or a given time period? And how much time did you log against that work? And you can start to unlock so many terrific insights just by measuring that. So if you want more information on how to do that, you can check out the Agency Profit Toolkit. There'll be a link to it in the show notes. And it's got all kinds of free tools, training videos to go deeper into how to do this, as well as spreadsheet templates, checklists, formulas that'll help you start to measure these things, as well as run scenarios on how changes in these metrics will impact your business. So definitely check that out. And with that, if you enjoyed this solo episode of the show, then let me know. So I'll continue to do more of them. We always love hearing from you. Really appreciate you tuning in. I hope this was valuable and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers. Well, that's all for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the show if you want to make sure to be kept up to date when we release a new show. And of course, check out Parakeeto.com if you want to dive deeper into our library of resources to improve your profitability, including our free agency profitability toolkit. And of course, if you got some value from today's episode and you think somebody else might benefit from hearing it, be sure to share it with them or leave us a review. All of those things help us impact more agency owners. So with that, thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode.